following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? I'm the Nickel City Nightmare, and this is Common Debauchery. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Common Debauchery. I, as always, am the Nickel City Nightmare, Derek Joswiak, and I'm here flying solo once again. We are going to do an episode of Ask the Internet, but with uh, how busy and crazy our lives are right now, uh, Allie couldn't sit down and do that with me, and uh, I'm not going to lie, I didn't really have the energy to do it last night either. So, we are here to do a solo episode, just me, myself, and I, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do or how I was going to approach this episode, and then I decided, I figured, I figured, I figured out a way. So, figuring out a way is half the battle, right? If you follow me on Twitter, at CoachJaws25, uh, me and Allie have been re-watching How I Met Your Mother, and this has sprung for me something that is going to be the the, the, the the topic of the show, we'll call it, and that's fan theories. All right, fan theories are awesome. Fan theories are a lot of fun. Uh, fan theories can sometimes throw a wrench in like shows and movies' plans because they can actually end up being better than said movie or show. Uh, I know that the Game of Thrones finale, uh, some of the fan theories of what was going to happen, a lot of people believe were far better than what actually did happen. And, you know, fan theories are fun. They can be pretty spot on and we're like, holy shit, that may totally be a thing. Um, They've been at, at different times. They've been confirmed by shows, creators, writers, so on and so forth. Or they can be like far fetched out there and just flat out ridiculous, but still fun to think about. And I I thought about doing a show about this when my specific fan theory uh, started to come into play. And I was going to do like some of my favorite th- fan theories or some of those ridiculous fan theories. But I feel like that's going to be something for another episode. So what I decided to do was I started talking about a fan theory that I have about Ted from How I Met Your Mother, and it got a little bit of traction on Twitter. And I put a poll out, and I was going to make, and I actually have, I have the audio recorded for it, and you're not going to hear that. Uh, what you are going to hear is the fan theory on this podcast episode. And the thing about that is I was 100% going to do the video. And then I was able to... Um, get permission to do uh, live play-by-play for a college baseball game later on this afternoon. And I'm recording this Tuesday morning. um, I am able to, through Tip of the Cap podcast, uh, do play-by-play for the Duval College versus Hilbert uh, baseball game that's happening today. Uh, It's actually a doubleheader. I'll be out there. But I had to create the OBS uh, layout and make sure the system was up, running, working, and operational to give myself a chance to do that. Um, And that took up quite a bit of time over the last four or five days. And I don't want to make people wait for this fan theory. So I decided instead of talking about cool, awesome, weird, all kinds of different fan theories, my favorite fan theories, whether they be true or far-fetched, I decided that this would be the proper medium or the best medium, at least for right now, to put my fan theory about how I met your mother out there and send it to the internet. Now, 
I have to predicate this with as I'm watching. All right, because again, we are currently rewatching How I Met Your Mother in our downtime to just relax. It's a nice way to just something we've seen, kind of shut your brain off a little bit. Watch something you've seen. Sometimes you pick up things you didn't notice the first time you watched or the last time you watched, depending on, you know, if you're a lunatic like me who rewatches the same shows 900 times. But, you know, every time I watch, I pick up new things that actually support my theory. Okay. Um, So I'm going to throw a few. There might be a few parts in here that I don't have written down. Uh, that I'm going to add in, and you're probably, you may be able to know, you may not. And I'm also going to apologize because I don't do well reading um, something like this. I'm I'm going to do my best to make it more conversational than me reading something just verbatim as I have it written. But this is my fan theory about how the show How I Met Your Mother isn't so much Ted telling his kids about how he met their mother and more is a it, it's more of a, a confession than anything else. Um, so before I mean, before I get too sidetracked with anything else, let's dive into this. And uh, I'm going to start off by saying, first off, if you haven't seen How I Met Your Mother, but you plan to uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you a lot of things that happen. Um, I don't know how many people fit that realm of haven't but going to. Um, so if you have or you have an idea, and even if you haven't, it's interesting. Like this this may be something that, you know, if you haven't watched but you're a listener of mine, you may consider watching the show while keeping this fan theory in mind. And, you know, when, when I'm done, I want to know what you guys think. All right, when you're done, I want to know how you feel about it, what you think, and if this is totally plausible or way off track. All right. Welcome to How I Killed Your Mother. This is how Ted's multi-season story was actually a long-winded confession of addiction, passion, and murder. So if you're a fan of How I Met Your Mother, you know that the show could have been wrapped up in a total of about three episodes. Ted meets Robin. It doesn't work. Ted meets Tracy at Robin's wedding. Tracy passes at a young age. Ted finally gets Robin. Again, spoiler alert, that's how it went down. Um, in episode one, we start off with Ted, you know, at, and at the time it was Bob Saget for now narrating a story to his kids about how he met their mother. Great. Awesome. Strong start. The first story he tells to his teenage son and daughter who are around 14, 15 years old at the time is how he met their aunt Robin. You know, the kids gasp, exclaim, exclaim their frustrations about how the story was supposed to be about meeting their mom and Ted or Bob or who's the same person somehow, uh, tells them to sit tight. It's going to be a long story. Now, if you know me, I am a storyteller. I am a long-winded talker. So Ted is a character at the start who's after my own heart here. My man wants to tell a story, doesn't like, doesn't want to get interrupted, and wants to get the whole story in. So <laughs> that being said, we're treated to this story going over nine seasons, and that could that could play over. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't look up the exact the dates, but that's at least nine years of a story, and it's actually longer than that because they started. Um, way back in the early 2000s and the show it like starts taking place with Ted telling the story in 2030 so I mean it's it is it is a long story Um, so he tells the story and at the very end you come to realize that the whole story wasn't necessarily as much about how he met your mother but more of like 
trying to get the green light from his kids to move on and, you know, date their beloved, quote unquote, Aunt Robin and live happily ever after the way he always wanted with the woman he always wanted. Like, and you, you realize that, like, less than 3% of the show is actually dedicated to the actual story of how Ted met Tracy, the mother. Um, I'm going to say I'm not going to go into insane detail about Ted's overall love life. Um, that's something you have to watch the show for. It's actually pretty funny. There's a lot of, you know, funny, quirky nuances to it. Um, but there is one fact that I'm going to cover, and then over the nine seasons of the show, it's confirmed that Ted has dated dated at least 59 different women. And that doesn't count unnamed women from his random sexual exploits. And again, that's something you just have to watch the show for. So uh, the first thing we're going to cover is obviously Ted meeting Robin. It's mentioned a few times in the show how um, Lily and Marshall have a fantastic and adorable love story. And there's actually an episode where they reference, you know, the, oh, our eyes met across a crowded room and we just knew. And it turned like, and Barney makes a point of saying like, Ted, isn't that how you and Robin met? And that's exactly how they met. Um, they, their eyes meet across the bar at McLaren's. They, you know, Ted wins her over with some small talk. They go on a date, dinner, drinks. They talk about the Smurf penis, um, which if you haven't seen the show is actually a blue French horn that is up at this Italian restaurant. And it goes great. They end up going up, going up to Robin's place. Things are getting a little spicy. And then Ted drops the hammer. I think I'm in love with you. Classic Schmosby. So Ted blows his chances on the first date of playing hide the architect with dropping an I love you to a woman he literally just met. And this is where we have to t- say that from this point on, from that moment of locking eyes with Robin, he is obsessed with her. Nothing short, he is obsessed. She's literally like a drug to him. When he can't have her, he obsesses over her. He concocts weird plans to get her. He goes against everything she says to him and everything his friends say to him. And all of these things often have detrimental outcomes. But if you've watched the show, that's not anything new. Um, but here's here's where I'm going to start my argument. First and foremost is that Ted is an addict. Uh, not in the traditional sense. He's not addicted to drugs or pills or anything along those lines. He's addicted to people, and he's addicted to the idea of being with certain people. We're going to start with his first relationship that we know of in the show being Karen, which, side note, is one of the most fitting character names of all time with her pompous, you know, snotty, oh, I don't want to be that person, but you misspelled this wine, this French wine name. Uh, you may want to tell your wine person. Uh, shut up, Karen. Anyway, I digress. So Karen cheats on Ted all the time, literally all the time. And then not only does she cheat on him, she does it in his own bed when he's in college. Like she'll come up to visit him. And every time she does, at some point or another, Ted walks back in his dorm room and there's his girlfriend in bed with some douche who inevitably looks at him and goes, sorry, bro. And it goes on and on like that for a while because he goes back to her every single time without hesitation. And he often takes the blame himself for why she cheated on him. This is a guy who cannot get enough of this. Um, It's a type of addiction that's very unhealthy and unnatural. 
He ends up putting all of his relationships in life at risk to try to, quote unquote, make it work with Karen. Um, up to and including like him and Marshall almost didn't become friends because of Karen. And then when they were friends and Karen came back into his life, he, I mean, you know, Marshall and Lily get dressed up to to watch WrestleMania and, you know, all of a sudden Karen's around and, oh, you thought I was serious? Ha ha. So he puts his relationships at stress over it. And again, if, if you talk about if you replaced Karen with, you know, heroin or another highly addictive substance, it doesn't sound so obscure. Uh, it takes Ted and Karen living in totally different areas and Karen not speaking to Ted to let Ted finally kind of move on. Um, it's all it also must be noted that she they end up rekindling the relationship in the middle of season four. And it's during the same time that Barney is actually struggling with his feelings for Robin. To put some of that into context, Barney and Robin have already hooked up and Ted knows about it, which is a major major bro code violation on Barney's part. However, Ted only takes this out on Barney. He essentially ends their friendship for the time being and he forgives Robin. And makes the excuse that, I mean, she's my ex. I can't be mad at her for hooking up with other people. Despite the fact that, A, she's also your friend and your ex who hooked up with your other friend. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but if one of my exes hooked up with one of my best friends, I'm mad at both of them because it's a shitty move on her part and, an, and an, a shitty move on his part. And it just, it's, it's, it's a douche move and people who move douchely should be treated as such. So... Again, it doesn't make a ton of sense, but he's addicted to Robin. He needs Robin in his life. He doesn't necessarily need Barney in his life. I have another theory that Barney is actually a better person than Ted as a whole, uh, and that may be a topic for another time. So um, that's why he ends up getting back together with Karen. Uh, he's basically trying to replace his new drug with the old drug. He ends up finding out that the high is not quite the same. And Karen part two fizzles when Ted basically puts it together that Karen's reaction of telling Ted he can't see Lily after Lily meddled in their relationship wasn't as huge of a deal, but it was absolutely going to be a precursor to her saying the same thing about Robin, which would have been completely unacceptable. Ted at this point has already shown he can do without Lily in his life uh, circa when Lily and Marshall broke up. They didn't even exchange a text while Lily was in San Francisco. And it, if you remember, he was dating Robin at the time. Um, it's also important to be to, to note here that during the time that Lily and Marshall broke up, when Ted and Robin were together, all Ted wanted to do was get Marshall to move on because he couldn't be bothered with Marshall and his sadness because he was with Robin. Meanwhile... Barney, who, again, is supposed to be this shitty person who's anti-relationship, anti-marriage, so on and so forth, we end up finding out, flies to San Francisco and is the reason Lily came back to New York. Ted is addicted to Robin, doesn't care about his friend or his friend's feelings. He wants him to move on so he can be happy in his relationship. That's all I'm saying. Then we hit the point where Ted finally gets Robin. All right. We're going to rewind it a little bit because... This is Ted and Robin's first kick at the can. 
All right. There, there's a lot going on there. Uh, we've already covered Robin and Barney hooking up, which is after Ted and Barney or Ted and Robin had dated. But this is their first shot at it. And when we think about it, it, it starts pretty rough. Uh, Ted at one point foregoes meeting his perfect match through a scientifically backed computer dating match service. Never even sees the girl's face because he decided that it didn't matter who she was because she wasn't Robin. He even makes the statement to his friends that it's Robin. It's always been Robin. That is a common theme throughout a lot of the things in this show. He ends up showing up to Robin's apartment, apartment suited up, which he has adamantly refused to do on countless occasions just to hook up with women. But for Robin, he does it. He shows up with roses, chocolate, and a blue string cart quartet in homage to the blue French horn and demands that Robin answer him about them dating before she goes on a work camping trip where she may hook up with former co-worker Sandy Rivers. Former because he turned in his notice, said he wasn't going to be like was moving on solely for the purpose of hooking up with Robin. Uh, you know, he also got offered another job, but here nor there. Ted literally demands an answer, basically says, I need a yes or no. I'm done with doing the song and dance, blah, 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 whatever. And he's he, she basically says, I can't say I can't tell you yes right now. And he goes, well, if you can't tell me yes, then you, then it's a no. And he goes to his friends and says, that's it. That was the one big one last big romantic gesture. I'm done. I know I'm moving on. Pauses. Three seconds and then concocts one more big plan where he goes to extreme lengths to learn a Native American rain dance, ends up doing said rain dance on the roof of his building for hours. And then finally, which, by the way, is by total coincidence, a storm that was supposed to hit New York that then was going to miss New York, which put Robin's camping trip back on, shifts back down which, if you live in New York, never happens. That That's never a thing. It's never a thing where you're supposed to have a nice, bright, sunny day, and all of a sudden something shifts because of, of the weather or uh, the weather patterns and the water bodies of water around here and shifts back down or and ruins your day. Or your day was supposed to be dreary and wet, and the things shift, and it's sunny. It That never happens. It, it literally happens all the time. Robin's trip ends up getting rained out. It's at this point that Ted goes to Robin, tells her that he made it rain for her and they decide to date. Robin essentially forgoes all warning signs and red flags that she herself has had about Ted and their relationship and just says, meh, fuck it, which is totally a healthy start to a relationship. Okay, so all's going well for a while. Um, they have a couple bumps in the road here and there. Uh, at one point, Robin thinks that she turned Ted into a cheater and then realizes that she herself, in a fit of jealousy, tracked him down only to find out that it was Barney using Ted's name and profession, um, like basically giving Ted a little bit of a bad name. But then Lily kind of feeds them the words that would end their relationship. And basically, it came down to the fact that they weren't discussing their future. They weren't talking about any of that. And Lily basically just feeds them the... Where do you see yourself in five years? You know, maybe you want to do this. Maybe you want to do that. You want kids. You want to be on, you know, chasing your your career. And it's the, the it is the very first time they discuss their future beyond the next couple of weeks. And boom, the relationship ends. The only the, the one good thing that came of this is that they kept it a secret until after Marshall and Lily's wedding to not 
take focus away from Marshall and Lily's wedding, which I have to give them credit for. Um, there is another, like a little sidebar here that I need to mention, and it includes the blue French horn or aforementioned Smurf penis. Uh, Ted stole that for Robin on their first date, which is a big move, a ballsy, ballsy big move. Um, it, it's also illegal. It was on their first date, like the the, the first time they date. Uh, this was after the three day long party scenario where he invited her to a party after tracking her down on the news, which is essentially stalking. Um, and then he ends up going and breaking the law for her on the first date. And you could say, OK, he stole. You could call it a trinket. I don't know how much French horns are. But he stole it. It's stupid. It's minor. But it's on the first date. And they've known each other for literally a few weeks. Imagine the level of addiction that he's at at that point And what that level of addiction can do to a man over the course of, say, 9, 10, 20 years. I'm, I'm just laying that out there. We're going to come back. We're going we're gonna to circle back to that one. Now let's take a look at Ted's other relationships and the self-sabotage. Not to be confused with the... Uh, Billy Zapkatage that happens later on in the show, which shout out to Cobra Kai and one of the greatest shows on TV right now. Uh, but Ted has a plethora of relationships, uh, flings, one night stands, and again, 60 or more, depending on your counting skills. Um, you know, but we're going to cover the other big ones. We already talked about Karen, um, but everything else from, from this point on has one very real thing in common. And it's the fact that Robin's the reason all these relationships end. All right, let's start with Victoria. Ted meets Victoria when Robin bails on him for work. Now, she bails because she gets offered to anchor the news. Ted tells her to do it. I get it. Ted being selfless, whatever. Um, but instead of the, this wedding being the next big romantic gesture for Ted and Robin, Robin ends up going to work, and Ted goes to Stuart and Claudia's wedding stag. By the way, he almost ruined their wedding to get Robin a plus one. He almost ruined a wedding so adamant that he wanted to have a plus one that they almost broke up over it. He almost broke up a wedding to get this girl to be his date. While he's there and he's stag, he sees Victoria across the room. They meet. They do the whole, you know, no full names or contact info, have an amazing, perfect night. They do the drum roll, blah, blah, blah. If you've seen it, you know, and it's, you know, I don't need to go into a ton of detail. But I do need to tell you that Victoria is absolutely perfect for Ted. Perfect. She probably should have been the one. All right. And so, like, Ted obsessively hunts her down. They date. It's awesome. And I say he obsessively hunts her down because that sign right there, that, that, that is, that is a, a tip of the cap, if you will, to the fact that Victoria could be Ted's new drug. Victoria, one hundred percent wanted to be hunted down right and we see that when he finally walks into her bakery and the she looks up smiles and goes oh thank god and runs up to him and kiss him great um during this time it comes out that robin showed up late to the wedding to surprise ted she sees ted with victoria she runs away and cries realizing for the first time that she actually does have feelings for ted now mind you this is before their first relationship i think timeline wise uh, yes, okay, I do have that noted here. The fact that Ted dated Victoria before Robin the first time is important here. So 
Victoria gets offered a baking fellowship in Germany. She decides to take it, noting that she cannot throw away this chance because of a relationship she just got into. Ted was willing to let her go, but ended up asking her to stay. She decides she can't. She does suggest that Ted go to Germany with her. He declines, despite there being no real reason that he's tied to New York City, like family, kids, so on and so forth. His family still lives in Cleveland. Um, I mean, at no point does anybody else have an issue leaving for an extended period of time, be it a few months, a a year or two, whatever. Um, But Ted says he can't do it. And, I mean, you know, unless you count Robin. Now, mind you, when Ted and Robin eventually eventually break up, there's discussion of of her wanting to go to somewhere. I, I don't remember exactly where off the top of my head. I just watched it last night, and I'm drawing a blank. But Ted basically offers to go with her without hesitation. Like, what if I go with you? And so he wouldn't even consider it for Victoria, but he does consider it with Robin. To be fair, him and Victoria were together a couple months. Him and Robin were together a year. I don't know if that's enough of a distinction to uproot your life for one and not the other. Except for the fact that it's Robin. Anyway, Ted and Victoria try a long distance. Ted gets tired of being lonely and waiting for phone calls and then having nothing to say on said phone calls because all he did today was wait around for a phone call. Robin calls him. He ends up going over to her place to quote-unquote make juice at 2 a.m., lies to Robin, cheats on Victoria, loses both in the process. Uh Note that Robin is super shitty here for two reasons. One, she knew Ted had a girlfriend when she invited him over to juice her veggies. I mean, she invited him over to do that anyway. She knew what she was inviting him over for. Uh, And then she answered his phone when simply looking at the front screen of a razor would have probably told her it wasn't her phone. I mean, why would Victoria call her at 2 a.m.? It's it's one of the bigger plot hole, and that's another whole episode in and of itself. So uh, you could make the argument that Ted wouldn't leave New York because of Robin. And it, in turn, cost him the girl that could have freed him from the addiction that was Robin, although he was willing to leave New York for Robin. Uh, We see Victoria later on when Ted breaks up her wedding to Klaus, Klaus from her class, only to date her and break up with her again because she demanded he stop being friends with Robin, which he couldn't and would not do. Um, And that was like she was with Barney at the time. So Robin claims Victoria. Then Ted goes on to Stella, his next major uh, relationship. And he's working on getting over Robin. And he ends up getting a hilarious butterfly tramp stamp on his lower back. Hilarious, awesome, puns galore. And he ends up meeting Stella, who is the doctor who is removing the tattoo. Uh, It must be noted that Ted has a lot of get over Robin nights. Uh, This one was not only one of the more detrimental ones, but ends up, you know, being the she ends up being the cause and the the cause of the start and the end of the relationship. Um, she's got an insanely busy schedule, a broken relationship to her name, and oh, a kid. So that's kind of important. Um, and she gives Ted a, a hundred reasons that they can't date. Again, Ted ignores all of them and goes kind of kind of wacky. You know, he, he Ted definitely flirts with the uh, Dobler Dahmer line a lot in this show. And if you if you watch the show, that is a theory that. Um, I, I believe his partner comes up with that, you know, it basically whether you're creepy or super romantic depends on how the person you're acting toward takes it. And that, you know, something that, you know, for Marshall and Lily could have been, you know, was total was totally a dobbler. Um, 
could have been seen very easily as a Dahmer creepy thing. But, uh, you know, Ted definitely flirts with that line quite a bit in the show. Um, and it has to be noted, too, that during part of this, Robin is in Tokyo doing the news, pursuing her dream that she left Ted for. So Ted and Stella end up rushing their relationship, and it starts with a 20-minute date on Stella's lunch break, um, which Ted goes to extreme lengths to create and fund and take her on. And they end up getting engaged way too fast. They end up taking on her sister's wedding date, time, and location because her sister's wedding plans fell through. And instead of being like, I didn't, I'm sorry that your wedding fell through, but like, we can't take on these expenses. They're like, nah, screw it. And then Ted ends up inviting Robin to the wedding, which was against Stella's wishes of no exes. You know, we, this is where we hear again, but it's Robin as a justification for Ted's bullshit. Uh, instead of uninviting Robin, Ted goes to try to make it even by inviting Stella's ex, Tony. He even goes as far as picking Tony up. Here's the exact same words from Tony that Stella wanted to hear from him all along, that he's ready for real commitment, yada, 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 and he invites the man anyway. Again, this is where we have to do a self-sabotage five because the man pretty much just signed the death warrant on this relationship. And he did it to get Robin to be able to be there. Uh, so Stella objects to all of this, says that he has to go tell Tony she has to leave, or he, that he has to leave, and then she'll go talk to Robin. Ted plays the Uno reverse card here and says that they should talk to their own exes. Robin tells Ted that there's always hope for them, and it's weird that she's there. Tony tells Stella how he feels, and they run off, leaving Ted, quote-unquote, at the altar. At this point, Ted looks and acts devastated, but is 100% looking for sympathy, sympathy points for everyone, especially Robin, who he just heard may still have feelings, and always wants the door to be left open. Uh, now, keep in mind, he's an addict who's been clean for a while here. So, you know, he's been with someone else. He's been off off the drug that is Robin. Robin's been out of the area. Um, he's not ready to dive back in right away. He likes being clean, kind of. Um, Ted's friends also had an intervention about Stella, and Ted ignored them, again, with this destructive behavior. Uh, it all must also be said that after the breakup of the wedding, Ted and Robin live together. They become friends with benefits, which is affixed to chasing the high. He realizes it's hurting a close friend and that he that he's since reconciled with in Barney and is now OK with him liking Robin. Um, he It can be argued that he's only good with this because he thinks Robin would never go for Barney. But um, it's it's totally something that, you know, needs to be noted there uh, from that point. He ends up moving on to Zoe, Um, and this is the last big relationship on Ted's hit list, and it's probably the worst because the entire thing is destructive, ill-conceived, and unhealthy. Uh, He broke up another marriage. Zoe was with the captain. They fight all the damn time, Um, and they're on opposing sides of major social social and personal issues. Uh, They end up breaking up after Zoe uses a recording of Ted making... Uh, against him at a hearing and Ted steals a stone lion's head off a damn building again the whole breaking the law thing to get what he wants kind of laying some groundwork there for you uh just so we know uh Robin didn't directly break this one up but she kind of led to the whole relationship uh Ted was trying to find anyone who could you know could fill the hole left in his life by Robin being with Barney so he dove into a really ill-contrived relationship uh, the last thing we do need to tr- touch on is Jeanette. 
Um, she's only worth noting for the sole fact that she's the embodiment of all of the destructive nature of Ted's of all of Ted's decisions when it comes to not having a shot with Robin. Uh, he goes so far off the deep end with this woman with about Robin that he ends up dating a girl who blows up his apartment somehow. And she's a cop, so she gets away with it all. It's wild. So uh, before, just before meeting Tracy, he breaks it off with Jeanette. Again, the apartment explodes. And at that point, he said he, he claims he did, he's ready to be done with the bullshit. He's ready to settle down. Before he's actually ready, though, he goes to the, an, on, on a wild adventure to help Robin find a locket that she lost. He travels across the country. He deals with Jeanette again. He dives into a pond in New York City, which, you know, gross. Uh, and he gets called out on it by Lily that he's up to no good. You know, oh, it's just a friend. She was like, no, it's one it's a, it's one more big romantic gesture. Ted realizes that it's probably not a good look. He decides to give the locket to Barney to help him enforce Barney's love for Robin because she needs to see it. Um, So the other part here is Barney also calls Ted out on his bullshit during this time um, and ends up replacing him with Billy Zapka as his best man for a t- for a hot minute there so on and so forth that's again another story for another time although again it must be noted that ted and or that uh, robin and barney both saw ted, what ted was doing and so much so that robin knows it was ted and she even says to him that maybe she should be with him and not barney she claims to she claims to want to run away you know leave barney at the altar circa what uh Victoria did to Klaus. Um, Ted, however, at this point has learned his lesson. The one thing I have to give him is he does he, he does evolve through this. Uh, he learned his lesson from before with Victoria. He knows that breaking up someone and t- taking the place of their significant other doesn't work. And it's definitely not going to work with Robin. So he passes and talks some sense into her. He has a moment of clarity with Robin at, at sunrise where he finally, and we'll put this one in air quotes, lets her go. And it's actually kind of a nice heartwarming moment because you kind of see like Ted actually letting go. And this is where Tracy comes in. All right. Ted is lined up to move to Chicago, start his life new and get away from Robin and his friend's marriage, which is probably for the best because we've seen what happens when Ted can't be with Robin, but has to be around Robin. He ends up diving into things like Jeanette and Zoe Uh, until he meets the future wife of his future wife and uh, mother of his kids. At a train station after the wedding, they bond over the yellow uh, umbrella that's so famous for all the artwork and whatnot in the show, and they bond over it, and then he throws the whole future away, stays in New York City for the girl, because, you know, again, once an addict, always an addict, and, you know, addict's going to addict. So they meet, they date, uh, they get pregnant, they get married, there's another pregnancy in there somewhere, suddenly... We move on. We're at the Farhampton Inn where Ted and Tracy realize how they know all each other's stories. This is the last hurrah from back, you know, for them because Tracy's sick and dying and then Tracy dies. What? It's sad. And on the surface, you look at it and you're like, damn, I just watched this whole story, the whole damn thing, all nine seasons to meet this woman for four episodes before she dies. Hold on. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's kind of a waste. Oh, listen, my friends, this is where everything is not as it seems. So during the early years of their courtship um, between Ted and Robin, sorry, Ted and Tracy, 
there's a get together of the gang, the old gang at Ted and Tracy's place. Uh, they're living the dream. And then Robin and Barney tell everybody that they got a divorce. That Robin's once again free. The biggest problem here is that Ted and Tracy have a baby. He can't just drop everything and everything and be with Robin. Robin also travels all the time. It's kind of why her and Barney broke up. Uh, it'll He knows it'll never really work. So Ted resigns himself to blissful contentment, blissfully to being being blissfully content and settling for his life with Tracy. They end up getting married. They have two kids total. They live in the house that Ted rebuilt um, that he had bought during a previous Robin meltdown. Um, And then one fateful day in 2020 happens. Ted ends up taking his daughter Penny for a walk to see the G&B building that he designed. And who they bump into but Robin. She tells him that they're going to be seeing much more of her since she's moved back to the city permanently. Uh, we note that during the final Halloween party for the gang at the old apartment that um, Marshall and Lily are getting rid of, Robin leaves early and tells Lily that she can't do it. She can't hang out all the time and see her ex-husband Mac on girls half his age while seeing the guy she should have probably ended up with being there in love with the mother of his children. So in 2020, when... Ted bumps into Robin. He's blatantly aware of this because one thing we have to remember here is Lily cannot keep a secret and this is where things take a dark turn. Think about it. Ted is everything he's ever wanted. He's got kids, his wife, house in the suburbs, but there's really one thing missing and it's always been missing. Guys, it's Robin. But Ted knows he can't just leave Tracy for Robin. What about the kids? Robin would ever go for it. Remember Victoria? He tried to leave one, you know, leave Victoria for her and she ended up blowing up in his face. Ted needs a way out, but this it can't be a sprint. Right? This isn't a quick one. It's at this point that Ted hatches a plan to get everything he wanted out of life and finally, truly be happy. The plan that Ted comes up with is not not only puts Barney's most most in-depth and long-length play to shame but also shows that he's learned a lot from every failed relationship he's ever been in. Ted decides that he's going to slowly start to poison Tracy. Not large amounts, small, untraceable amounts that over time will start to shut her, shut, shut her body down. When we see Tracy in the hospital, she shows no signs of something like traditional cancer treatment. I mean, she has all her hair. She's not a skeleton with skin. We've all seen or known somebody who's gone through it. It's not pretty. And Tracy looks just a little pale. Uh, it's also never stated what she ends up dying from. It's merely noted that it's an unnamed or unknown illness. It's slow. He's not rushing anything like he did with Stella. He's not, you know, putting the pedal to the metal here. It's a slow play. It uses toxicity to a known end, like Lily when she intervenes to break up Ted and Robin or Ted and nine other relationships that he was in. You know, it, it puts Ted in a vulnerable state where... You know, he's going or has gone through a tragedy and gets sympathy points, i.e. getting left like he did when he got left at the altar. And Ted is painfully aware that he must do it carefully and slowly to get his desired result. Speeding up to the end usually causes a crash. Demanding things of people pushes them away. Something else we've learned throughout this entire show. No, Ted, Ted slow plays the shit out of this plan and it works like a charm. Tracy passes away four years after Ted sees Robin at the G&B building. At this point, Robin's been around. She's met 
and loves Ted's kids, who in turn love their quote-unquote aunt, Robin, back, and this is shown in the artwork from their childhood. Ted gets the sympathy of his friends and Robin, allows Robin to be around more. And then we go to life after Tracy. There's not a ton known about Ted's time between 2024, which was when Tracy died, in 2030 when the long-winded story started. But there's a few things we can assume. In 2024 and 2025, when Tracy died in the following year, it's filled with friends and family helping at all turns, grieving the loss of the love of his life, all of that in quotes. Um, but it, that's kind of all part of the plan. Uh, yeah, he's sad, but it was necessary to get what he wants. Uh, and we've seen Ted do do crazy and crazy things to, to get what he wants and tolerate the consequences in, 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 the, in the medium. Then from 2025 to 2030, he spent being a good father, raising his kids, uh, spending time with his close friends and family when he could, which includes Robin. And in 2030, he starts to tell the story of how he met their mother. Which, when you really look at it, it's not a story of how he met his kid's mom. She was barely in the damn story. No, no, this was the final step of the plan. This was asking his kid's permission to move on and be happy with the woman he wanted to be with the whole damn time. Now, I get it, I get it. There's some holes here. There's some some plot holes, and, you know, so I'm going to wrap this up and try to plug some holes for you guys. First and foremost, Ted's a good guy, and he loved Tracy. He would never do this. Uh, no, Ted was not a good guy. Yes, he did love Tracy, but he absolutely would do this. Um, he's shown in, insane addictive behavior throughout the entire show with Karen, Robin, Jeanette, and even at the start of things with Tracy. Um, he's shown his willingness to do any, almost anything to get the woman he of his dreams, uh, like his multi-year, one-day-a-year pursuit of the slutty pumpkin for how long. Um, I mean, I don't know many. I, I, I know a lot of people, and I don't know many guys that would go to the same party once a year to look for somebody who is hopefully wearing the same costume they wore one time. How many people repeat Halloween costumes? How many people repeat Halloween parties? How many Halloween parties exist year after year after year that aren't at a bar? So many questions. Um, he ignore, he constantly ignores warning signs of bad situations like he did with Karen, Robin, Stella, Zoe, Jeanette. Wow, that's a long list. I mean, let's look at the rain dance. That's insane. Uh, his huge romantic gestures despite multiple failures. He basically forces women to date him or totally ditch him uh, like he did with Robin and Stella. Basically, he forces their hand. Um, again, doing anything to get the woman he wants. He's shown a pretty severe willingness to break the law. Uh, I believe he steals the blue French horn a total of at least at least three times. He stole the lion's head off the Arcadian, or at least had a hand in it. Um, they he was he had a hand in stealing how many bottles of really really expensive scotch. Um, I mean, and he broke in and licked a national monument, which is a cool story. But again, you know he he agreed to just do it. Like I mean, it didn't even take much. Like, cool, we're here. All right, cool. Um, he's also done a, a, a whole heap of other sketchy things throughout the show, and I'm, I'm I know I'm missing some. Uh, he broke up multiple relationships between Victoria and Klaus, Stella and Tony, Zoe and the Captain. Uh, he ignores the thousands of times he's told no or rejected. He tried to bang Robin while with Victoria. Could have just said like, "Listen, I'm going to break up with her." I haven't heard from her. I, I I don't know. I've called her whatever. Um, you know, so this might have to wait. 
and he probably could have had Robin right there. Um, and he banged Robin consistently while they were roommates just to ignore arguments and disagreements because that's healthy. Um, Tracy's de- illness was, you know, unexpected, unexplained, somewhat sudden. It's sudden in the realm of the show. Um, it goes, again, which goes against the idea that she's meant to be the point of the whole story. Um, the story is from Ted's perspective. The death of his wife and his mother, the death of his wife and the mother of his kids should have been earth shattering, not brushed over. Um, and if anyone knew what happened, it would have been Ted. But he just said she died or she's gone. Um, you know, he again, if, if he if he would have anybody would have known why she passed away, it would have been him. Um, I mean, it, <clears throat> so, I, you know, you could make that argument. Maybe he just doesn't want to talk about it, but I don't know. I feel like, you know, when your mom got cancer, when your mom got whatever illness took her, now nah, she's gone. And it hits a little different. All right. Well, how would Ted have known how to poison her? First off, Ted's a huge nerd uh, that is alluded to the entire series. He also liked to fancy himself a detective, even researching and writing pseudo child sleuth books called the Mosby Boys. Uh, which gives him a perfect avenue to research the topic, especially at local libraries, other public places where maybe he wouldn't look out of sorts and he would leave, could leave a minimal paper trail. Um, and you could make the argument against the addiction thing that Ted was clean, quote-unquote, for years while being with Tracy. Yeah, he was. And unfortunately, like most addicts, you're an addict for life. And it only lasted until proper opportunity presented itself. Um, he could have started the plot when Robin and Barney announced their divorce, but Robin wasn't around. It was easy to stay clean. Uh, it wasn't until she was single in, in New York permanently that the opportunity was right and the window was truly open for Ted. The last thing, which I just realized last night, um, when Marshall and Lily are writing their death notes to each other, which are supposed to be notes you write to your significant other to be opened upon the untimely death of the other, Marshall includes that if he dies under mysterious circumstances, to trust no one, including Ted, dot, 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 especially Ted, which means Ted's longest best friend believes he is capable of something to this nature. My friends, How I Met Your Mother is not a love story in reverse. How I Met Your Mother in this fan theory is undoubtedly without a shout of anything that can be disputed is Ted Mosby confessing to his children that he killed their mother to be with their Aunt Robin. Ted Mosby is a murderer. Now, I have to tell you guys, that took a lot of time to to research and put a lot of things together. I'm sorry if at some point in there it feels a little jumbled. Uh, there's a lot of intertwining thoughts and theories in there that cross over timelines all over the place. Um, obviously, with Ted rehashing certain relationships more than once, that makes it tough to keep straight, too. So uh, that's my fan theory. Ted Mosby killed Tracy to be with Robin. And the story of was nine, a nine season confession and getting permission from his kids to move on and be with the woman he wants to be with. And. Uh, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this. So uh, when I post it, either reply to the thread that it's on or tweet me, DM me, whatever. Let me know what you think of my fan theory of how Ted Mosby killed his wife to be with Robin Trubatsky. 
and the title of the show should have been How I Killed Your Mother. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, as always, Common Debauchery is part of the BICBP Radio Network. I thank each and every one of you who listen to this show and any of my shows or any of the shows on the network. Uh, the network is full of a bunch of great and talented creators that like to put things out there for you guys, and we appreciate every single click and listen that we get. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, as always, you can find Common Debauchery on the BICBP Radio Network on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you never want to miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to one of those two or both. I don't care. Um, but that way you'll never you'll never miss an episode. It'll always be queued up for you. And feel free to leave a review. Give me one star, five stars, eight stars. I don't think you can do eight. But anything between one and five, preferably five. Uh, leave a comment review if you would. I would love I love hearing from you guys. And if anybody wants to be on the show, talk about a certain topic, maybe you want to come and you know rip my uh, my fan theory apart. I'd love to have you on. That'd be great. So uh, thanks for tuning in. As always, like I said, I am the Nickel City Nightmare, and this has been some common debauchery. Grocery shopping day. <laughs> oh, hello, Mister Cashier. Hello, Mrs. Card Pusher. Hello. How are you doing today? Let's see what the old wife put on the uh, the shopping list today. Let's see what. Um, let's see. Number one, we got a uh, Chris Hamsworth. Oh, that doesn't seem right. I don't. I don't think that was, they sell those here. Uh, must be some kind of mistake. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Chris Evans. Oh boy. This is her celebrity crush list. Awkward. Don't be like this, husband and wife. There's only one place where a list like that belongs, and that's the Eat Sleep List podcast. You can hear us every Friday on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify.